going to be calling you and misrepresenting. Sure. Recorded live. A-U-N, American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human God, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, we have been talking about the subject of money, the subject subject of exchanges, the subject of the digital economy for some time, and uh, the events in Greece uh, have bubbled up to the surface, and we really probably need to take uh, a bigger picture look at this especially given what we've heard on this call over the last uh, one to two years. Uh, so many things are under attack. Uh, the, the, the meaning of words are under attack. The, the word marriage, uh, you can go on and on and on. Uh, the word currency, the word the U.S. dollar. The, uh, and Al is going to come on tonight to kind of sort through a lot of this stuff in, the, in reference to this incredible new technology that we all have that we haven't paid enough attention to called Bitcoin. And uh, when Al got poked in the Bitcoin corner about a year, year and a half ago, he has not stopped. He keeps digging and digging and finding more and more and more about this technology. And it's right there for the taking. It's right underneath our noses. It involves everyone, everywhere, every country, and it's global. And um, can it save us? Al is here to tell us yes or no. It's definitely something that we're going to have to reckon with and work with and adapt uh, in some way, shape, or form because the 
uh, a medium of exchanges that we have uh, are just blowing up all over the place. They will continue to blow up. Greece is here. Spain and Italy will follow. Uh, Al will talk about Puerto Rico. That's a huge story, which I was not aware of. And uh, it just the list goes on and on. Meanwhile, we're sitting here uh, in, in kind of a, a crazy time between worlds right now. Uh, Dee Dee was talking about Jade Helm, things going on behind the scenes. And uh, uh, we certainly are under attack in many areas. But the good news is there are positive ways of looking at this. And Al's going to come on the call for the next hour to kind of delve into more of this uh, information about Bitcoin as it relates to the geopolitical trends uh, in our world today. Thanks, Al, for coming on. You're, you're welcome. Uh, um, hi, everybody. I mean, I've, I've spoke, spoken about Bitcoin in the past, but I think that probably many of you have been following what the, the events that have been going on in Greece. Um, and I, I'm going to I'm going to start with Greece because I'm kind of following with people from Greece virtually every single day, um, trying to find out what's actually going on there. Are, are all of you aware of what's happened in, in Greece in the past couple of days? What they've done. Yeah, why don't you give us a little a little snapshot? I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you a snapshot. In 2010, Greece got its first bailout from the European Central Bank. The people who issued the, the the euro, the European Central Bank issued the euro. It's a very similar uh, kind of organization as our Federal Reserve. They basically create currency from nothing, but the the nothing also comes with it a debt coupon. Okay. Greece had, had, in 2010, a run of this in trouble because their population was aging. Their debt was not being able to be uh, uh, taken care of, as, you, as it might happen in the United States and elsewhere. And so they raised interest rates and as, as it, at, the, at the central bank was, was lending money to the, uh, the <laughs> Greek economy, to the government itself. And uh, they put a higher interest rate on it than, than mo- for most other countries. It turned out that they had to have a second and a third bailout. Now they're up to something in the vicinity of about three to four hundred billion euros. Not a lot of money by, by American standards, but you know, um, that does amount to about four hundred billion US dollars. Now they face exactly the same problem they were faced with in 2010, 2011, 2012, and, and now again, uh, the, the situation continues. Well, uh, as of yesterday, um, the, uh, the, 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 it was the first uh, modern economy in the world to declare uh, insolvency. Basically, they defaulted on their payment to the to the EU and to the and to the central bank and to um, the IMF, International Monetary Fund, um, the funds that were due. Not a lot of not a lot of money, but 1.6 to 1.7 billion euros, but they were unable to do it. And so right now, what's happening is that. Um, the, the leader of the of the Greek uh, government um, decided that he's going to have a referendum on Sunday to see whether or not they're going to go along with the draconian debt terms that the uh, Central Bank of Europe is, is uh, putting upon them, like cutting uh, wages, raising taxes, confiscating uh, uh, all kinds of, of um, you know retirement funds, basically a bail-in. And in the meantime, the, the population that as the working population in Greece is running at a 25% unemployment rate. That's the reported number. The number is much, much higher, and the Greek economy is, is failing. Um, while this 
the uh, the Greek the Greek government is waiting for this referendum to to go on. The uh, the the IMF and the EU have cut off any more funding from the monies that were promised to the Greek government uh, a long time ago. So basically, uh, they've also um, cut down to the point where you can only take out 60 euros a day. So you can imagine out of your bank account. So you can imagine if you've got to pay a mortgage. Uh, what you can do right now. Basically, 70% of all the mortgages in Greece are in arrears. So they can't pay their mortgage, which makes, creates another, another problem. In addition to that, they had a bank holiday. Since they, they closed, they closed at all the banks in Greece last Friday. So the only thing you can you can uh, buy upon is the, is the ATM. And if the ATM is empty, well, basically, you're out of luck. You can't get uh, your... your uh, uh, the money that you need, you can't get the euros that you need, and you cannot um, uh, buy food. You have to depend upon other people. Um, and the, all the restaurants, all the supermarkets, everything, the, the pharmacies, et cetera, are all shutting down because they simply can't pay for the goods and services that they need to run their establishments. So in essence, what has happened to the European Union has basically taken from Greece its sovereignty. There is no more sovereignty in Greece, and and for the time being, and now the people are deciding what to do, whether they're going to go along with these brand new draconian measures, and by the way, if they go along with them, it doesn't mean that the, that the EU is going to continue to fund them. All it simply means is that they've gone along with it, and until they clear their, 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 their deficit debt that just passed uh, on, on the 1st, they'll be still unable to tap into their credit reserves. Can't cannot happen. But what does it really mean? It really means that all they're doing is Layering yet another dose of of credit and and debt on top of the current debt in order to pay the, the, the prior debt. So it just this number will continue to rise and rise and rise. Lo and behold, and concurrently with all of this, um, the nation of well the the I'm going to call it the protectorate of the United States called Puerto Rico just announced that they cannot pay their debt. 72 billion in uh, in indebtedness that debt is due right now, so they can't pay the debt their indebtedness either. The common feature between the two the two entities, well, they their their economy is slowing down because of an aging population. They couldn't pay their debts in the past. They had debt based currency called the, the you know Federal Reserve notes, U.S. dollars, um, and they've been borrowing um, from you know the United States itself, even though it is part of the United States. From the IMF and, and elsewhere, and so um, what we have is, is is a situation where there's going to be other countries that have exactly the same problem, including countries of Italy, Spain, Portugal, France, Ireland, potentially uh, Germany. Believe it or not, even though it's the strongest country in Europe, and even though it appears to be fiscally sound and all of that, um, Germany um, in the last century was the most uh, default-ridden country in the world. It just doesn't have any defaults yet in this century. So why am I talking about uh, currencies that have nothing to do with Bitcoin? Well, the reason that I'm talking about these currencies is because they are systemically flawed. Basically, the more debt-based currency you have and the, the shrinking economies that we have in, in Europe and, and also in the United States would simply pass paper to one another and call it, you know, GDP and, and gross national product. We simply have no productivity. We've shipped all the real production jobs off to places like the Philippines, Indonesia, 
Taiwan, parts of China, Korea, etc. So right now, basically, the 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 bankers are seeing that um, they are they're in a situation that they too are in jeopardy because they've lent so much money per se by issuing their currency uh, the way they do that they are in, in serious jeopardy. You may all remember in 2008 when Tim Geithner and uh, Mr. Paulson, Hank Paulson, said that unless we pass a bailout bill um, for all the major banks and a few industrial companies, that the entire world would end from a financial point of view. At that point in, at that point in time, the United States itself had lost its sovereignty. Um, and, and, and the reason I say that is that when, when, a, when a private bank that does not belong to the United States and its banking system can shut down our economy in its entirely, entirety unless we bail it out, either through the taxpayer or through the Federal Reserve or both, and you can shut down an entire nation, I would say that they win the war without firing a shot. And so basically where we are now is that we've got an entire world that's in a, a situation whereby we have a, a, a domino effect that, you know, because the creditors do not want to give any leeway to anyone, uh, that, that debt will ultimately bring down probably most of Europe and, and uh, um, probably the United States at the same time. And if that weren't enough, there's something called the BRIC banks that are out there, including Brazil, China, Russia, etc. They've decided that they're going to back their currency with gold and silver. What does that mean to us? Our currency is not backed by gold and silver. It's backed by the good and faith and credit of the United States, and the euro is backed by the good faith and, faith and credit of the European Union. Which would you rather deal with? Someone who backs their currency with gold and silver or someone who backs their currency with more paper? So that's the... That's, that's the gist of it. And I'm not saying these things to, to, uh, uh, to frighten anyone, and I'm not saying these things because um, uh, anybody should be in a panic. But the response has been, prior to all of these things happening, the way they're happening now, finally a brand-new universe called Bitcoin, and more to the point, something called the blockchain, which is a record-keeping uh, system that anybody can look up on the net and, and read about it. The banks themselves, the, the fiat banks, are beginning to adopt the, the blockchain in order to do record-keeping and to be able to keep track of what they're actually doing and what they're actually lending as opposed to what they're doing now. It's much less expensive than their current record-keeping system and a much less expensive way of transmitting currency and other things between, between you know, neighboring and allied banks and the like. That's a, a discussion in itself for, for another time. But... You know, have, has anybody got any, any questions about what I said so far, or, or does anybody have a disagreement with what I said so far? <clears throat> Al, Al, when I was talking to you yesterday, we used the metaphor of <clears throat> a chasm or a rift in the earth, and uh, when <clears throat> and correct me if I'm wrong, but when we issue debt-based currency as a medium of exchange, right, it's not unlike uh, an earthquake basically opening up a fissure. In the in the ground on the ground that you're walking on, correct? Right. Basically, every 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 dollar, every euro that's issued by the uh, by the the Federal Reserve or by the European Central Bank comes with a coupon with it. They are charging you interest and principal on something that they don't really have. 
So basically, you're behind the eight ball, or you're behind the behind the the entire paradigm even before you even get started. So you're expected if it's only only one dollar out or one euro out, and it has a four percent coupon on it, you're expected to pay back one point zero four euros at the end of the year, or one point four zero zero um, uh, dollars at the end of the year. What if that's all the money in the entire ecosystem? What do you do then? Okay, that's effectively what's happened uh, to us uh, in in the United States and in, and in Europe. And in fact, and in fact, if you look back at 1971 when Mr. Nixon decided to take the last vestige of what we had behind gold and silver backing our currency, of course we we as domestic citizens couldn't in, in, uh, you know take that on because that was not for the domestic citizens; it was for the uh, the international settlements trade. But at that point, wages stagnated and inflation began to rise through the roof. And that's why we have so much poverty in this country now, even though we have all kinds of political programs that's supposed to be you know, taking care of that, that kind of thing. The kind of things that Johnson put into, the, into, into place, um, I forget exactly the name of it. Um, the Great, Great Society. Society. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, but you can't, you can't um, uh, build a law that's an unfunded mandate. And despite the fact that we are throwing many, many dollars at various things, people are all impressed with the, uh, the, the, the size of the numbers. It doesn't really mean much. If, if, for example, I have a cup that was $1 this year, and somehow that same cup was, a, was um, $70 next year, but I was only capable of earning $35, and I couldn't buy the second, I couldn't buy the second cup. Okay. In fact, uh, I, I took a drive from, from my house in Potomac up to, up to Frederick this afternoon um, with my son, and I saw, which really surprised me, brand new condominiums, uh, three bedrooms, two and a half beds, two car garage, um, $1,300 a month, dirt cheap, and wow. no credit check. No credit check. Wow. Which means that wow. you can buy these condominiums for what I just said and you can move it right away, okay? That was pretty shocking, okay, wow. to me. I mean, the town that I live in here, you've either got, you know, midget houses or McMansions. You've got homes that are anywhere from, you know, uh, 10,000 square feet to 30,000 square feet, and then you've got the ordinary homes that you and I live in that are, you know, three, four, five, six thousand square feet. Um, but they're all, they're all priced, you know, in, through the roof. We've been thinking about maybe moving back to Connecticut from here and looking at places... And God help me, I started looking at houses in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I said, no, thank you. Um, I, can't get, I can't get a dog shed for less than $2 million. But the, the, <laughs> point, the, point, the, point, the point is that what has happened is, is that we have overfunded our, our societies in Europe and in the United States with debt that simply there's no productivity, enough productivity to uh, be able to pay the debt. So, you know, no matter how much you borrow, if you can't pay the debt, you simply can't pay the debt. And that's where we are right now. Um, so, I mean, that's the gen- those are the broad strokes about what, what is going on, you know, in the world. And, but the response to these kinds of things have been alternative currencies. But the alternative currencies like Bitcoin, like, you know, Ripple, uh, Litecoin, et cetera, that, uh, that, that you see out there are about the size of a pinprick on the, on the butt of an elephant. Very, very small. And even if the adoption rate went through the oh. roof and you adopted, adopted all these things right now, 
they could not save the economies that we have right now. The only thing you can do is use them to, I don't know, preserve your assets because if you put things into things like Bitcoin, Ripple, and the like, and as well as gold and silver, which I'm kind of dubious of, of, about because you can't actually get physical delivery right now of gold or, or silver, um, you can actually preserve whatever you thought you had in dollars or in, in ruples or in euros, et cetera, inside something like uh, Bitcoin, although there's some volatility there, but the government cannot touch it ever. They, as long as you've got your private credentials, your private keys, the government cannot touch that money because they can't get at it, period. Unlike, unlike what they're doing in Europe right now, um, they're doing bail-ins. Uh, the first bail-in of any note was in Cyprus in 2013. One morning you had, you know, 100, 100 uh, uh, euros in your bank account, and the following morning you found you had 70. And so what happened? I didn't spend them. Well, too bad. The Cyprus government decided to take them out of your bank account to pay their bills because the depositors no longer own the money. When you make it, they make a deposit, they don't, the, the bank owns the money, and they were ordered by the government to give it to the government. So, same thing, by the way, is true here. Your deposits in your bank account do not belong to you. They are assets of the bank. They are a liability of the bank to you, but you do not own them, period. So whenever you put your money in, you're in, in risk in these days, and you're hearing things about government mm-hmm. confiscation of, of bank accounts, they can do it within, with, without impunity. I mean, they simply can do it. So I'm not saying to everybody, you know, it's time to put you know, all your money under, under a mattress or put it under a rock and all that kind of thing. But I think that when you begin to see, you know, major countries on the brink, you know, then you've got you to think about what, can, what kind of strategies can I use um, in, in, order, in order to, uh, you know, protect myself. Um, now, I, I'm, I'm going to delve into other things in a moment, but is there anybody that has a comment, thinks I'm full of baloney, um, think I'm completely nuts as to what the government might do, or et cetera? Yes. Any comments at all? Uh, uh, yeah, I got a couple comments. Sam from Pennsylvania. Sure. Number one, Jim Rogers, who's a well-known economist, but he's not with the mainstream, he says yes. if Greek defaults, it would be insignificant, really, because they're a small country. That's number yes. one. Yeah, Jim Rogers, and uh, he goes against the mainstream. Yeah, he's pretty smart. Yeah, smart. he was in uh, St. Petersburg. He had an international forum on finance at St. Petersburg. I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw that. And he was in the audience. And they discussed all that stuff. And the second thing is uh, that Greek president, Disciplus or whatever his name is, he went over to Russia. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know what happened. He went over to Russia and talked to Putin. Uh, do you have any idea what he talked about? You know. Yeah, I mean the the, the report the reports that I've seen that, and I, I, I many of you probably watch Russian TV like I do on RT dot com. Yeah. The what they what they were talking about on, on several of the segments was the idea that. Um, uh, the Russian government would buy all the debt out, and bec- and Greece would become indebted to, uh, to 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 Russia, versus being indebted to the euro. They were going to give them better terms. That conversation seems to have just gone dead at this point in time. Uh, you know, we haven't heard another another blessed thing about it. But of course, you know, um, all we are is just the audience. We're not we're not in control of anything. Um, it, so you know, it, I think I think that. 
if things really get bad, they're also talking to the Chinese as well. If things really get bad, it could well be that the, that the Greeks decide to have to do away with, with the euro in terms of what runs their economy, because basically no one will trade with them now anyway. I mean, they're basically starving themselves into oblivion because they made the mistake of, of trusting the, 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 good, the, the good fellows in, you know, in Frankfurt, in Germany, to run their economy. Um, and, and so that, that, that's where the, where the European Central Bank is. And so, you know, um, what, what do you do? You, do you stick with, the, with the, 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 uh, the master that you know, or do you, do you choose yet another master? I mean, Greece is, in, in my opinion, even though they are a very small contingent uh, to the European economy, I think it's about 2%. I mean, basically, they don't have any manufacturing to speak of. They're mostly a tourist destination and um, a reasonably well-educated population. But, the, but yeah. even if even even if even if Greece goes down, will that shockwave, uh, in my personal opinion, be da- that damaging to the to the European Union? Probably not. Will right. it damage right. the world economy? Will it will it damage the world economy? Probably not. However. If the Greeks decide to do it, what's to stop the Italians from doing it, and the mm-hmm. Spanish, and the Portuguese, and the Irish, etc.? You know, um, so you know, I, I think in, in desperate times, and I, I don't think we ever left the, the recession we had in 2008. I'm going to call it a prolonged depression. I think we still have that going on in this in this, in this world. Um, that you know, all we're simply doing is watching the unfolding, unraveling of the way currency has been created. And the way things actually work, okay. And I, at the at the end, of this, I will send you a piece for your posting, if you wish, about what the what Bitcoin is and the and the and the, and the uh, uh, blockchain are all about. It's a brand new DNA. It's sort of like an evolution of, of what money is all about. Um, but in, in any in any event, um, it's written by a Chinese individual who uh, came out of out of China recently to talk about you know where we're headed in terms of competitive advantage using, you know, the blockchain versus anything else. I don't want to go off on that tangent. But in any, in any event, I think that we are not too far away from similar things happening in the United States. We've already had the bank take over the government once in, in our lifetime in the past 10 years. Does anybody disagree with that, or do you agree that we were threatened by Wall Street to shut the government down financially? Well, I got a point on that. You know what, Al? Here's what I yeah. always said: what what they yeah. should, what we should do is repudiate the debt owed to the Federal Reserve. Just repudiate the damn thing because they stole right. it from us because they created the money out of thin air. Yeah. Well, you know let I mean? me let me say let me let me say this though: the, the number of, of the debt itself that's in private hands would cause a ripple effect across the, across the the, the the country and and all of our our dollar denominations around the world would immediately become worthless to everybody since 70% of the world's economy from the lessons I've seen is run with dollars or petrodollars. Um, we, we set off a massive uh, cataclysm. Remember every, every bank, pardon me, every uh, currency of any note pegs itself to the U S dollar. So when, when that, that happened in 1948, when we became the reserve currency of the world, you know, Bretton Woods. Um, when in 1971, when Nixon decided to remove gold and silver as a settlement vehicle um, in international markets, basically 
um, he took the entire world off the gold, gold and silver <clears throat> standards. So he ripped off the entire world, and nobody really noticed. Um, so, but if we repudiate the debt that we owe, the 17 or 18 or 21 trillion, okay, what does that mean for us in general around the world? Will we be able to buy any more oil, automobiles, foreign goods? That I mean, I, I don't know that, that 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 even though it sounds great, I'd love to be able to repudiate the debt. Um, what, I mean, what, what then? <clears throat> what happens after that? I mean, what does, what does the world do with our, with our dollars? That since we repudiated our debt, the only thing that makes our, our, our money worth anything is debt, as near as I can see, and the fact that if we don't, tra- if people don't trade with us, send the military in to, to uh, kill a few hundred thousand people, like we've done in various places. Uh, I wonder why we create enemies. So, I mean, I mean, do I think repudiating the debt is a good idea? Uh, from a, from a very egalitarian point of view, I think it's a wonderful idea. From a practical, practical point of view, I think it's a terrible idea because of what happens to us worldwide. I mean, imagine if tomorrow we couldn't buy any more oil anywhere. But we don't need oil. I know. We don't need any, we don't need any, any We're oil. We're exporting in, oil now. Yes, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I do. Yeah. But, but the, but the, the and, and, and I understand. What, but here's the thing. We're exporting oil, and we're also still importing oil, okay? And yeah, our, infrastructure, our, our, infra, our infrastructure is not built in such a way that you could realign all the supply lines and sources that quickly. It would mean that, like you and I saw when we were in, in the 70s, wasn't the 70s, when we were on, on um, lines trying to fill our cars up? Yeah, yeah, that? but that was, that was contrived, though. They kept the uh, tankers off. I, I, I understand. I understand it was contrived, like a lot of things. But the but the point of the matter is, you and I don't control those supply lines. Someone right. in Saudi, in Saudi, someone in New York, someone in London and Paris, they control those supply lines. And we don't control anything. So right. you know, I mean, what we could do, I suppose, is we could replace oil um, over the next two to three years, five years. I'm not talking about my favorite car, the, the Tesla, which is, you know, the apple of my eye. I'm talking about being able to grow uh, special kinds of grasses that can replace all of our oil needs, not corn, you know, not soy. Or like, it's a special kind of switchgrass that we could grow right now, which is exactly what Henry Ford wanted to have to run his automobiles until he got himself nobbled by the Rockefellers. You're going to use gasoline, crack, you know, crack petroleum or else. So you know, you know, keep his car company going, coming along. He went along with all else, you know, and right. instead of instead of you know, you know, doing the other thing. I think, I think that we need to figure out a way to gradually to be able to protect ourselves from various things. I mean, I'm a big advocate, and, and, and the reason I'm talking about the Bitcoin thing is that that I think that Bitcoin is a a you know way of of um, you know protecting yourself. And the way, and way, the way you do that, you know, is to take your money out of the Federal Reserve System. You know, leave it in a bank. You take it and you re- put it in a place. Instead of putting it under, underneath your pillow or underneath your, your house or burying it in the backyard, uh, um, you would you would uh, uh, go ahead and and uh, uh, maybe put some of your your money into Bitcoin, some of your money into gold and silver if you can get a hold of it. You know, some things that have some intrinsic value to them. 
Um, you know, a lot of you have seen, you know, the scandals about Bitcoin, you know. Oh, gee, somebody stole $100 million. Until you realize, until you realize that every year, $3.5 trillion in, um, in currency trades disappears off the face of the world. $3.5 trillion. I mean, it's the largest market. It's bigger than, than the Dow Jones. It's bigger than all the markets combined. $5 trillion worth of currencies are traded every single, every single day, you know, that, that the markets are open. But, but $3.5 trillion of that has disappeared every year. So somebody's got it. And then there's $2 trillion of the drug trade. So, I mean, we've got a very interesting thing going on around the world. All I'm talking about here with, with, with things like Bitcoin or, or the other, the other you know, cryptocurrencies is that you cannot, in my personal opinion, uh, ignore what is going on um, in, in Europe and what's going on in this country. Uh, you know, if, if at some point, if at some point, and it could happen reasonably quickly, um, uh, someone says, you know what, uh, you, United States, have a, you know, a $21 trillion internal debt, and you've got, a, you know, $200 trillion of, of, of unfunded mandates, including Social Security and the like. We're not going to do any more business with you until you clean your act up. Can you imagine the European Union says, you know what, we're not doing anything with you anymore until such time. As you 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 know cover all your debts and you know you you, you do all those things that make sense for for the company I mean, for the country so you know it's 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 an inter- it's an interesting it's an interesting dichotomy you know that we're that we're faced with and and so I wonder I wonder you know you know what what I'm going to do I mean I, I myself I haven't decided um, would I want to put everything in one basket and 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 uh, yeah, uh, call, you know, call, you know, say, oh, gee, I want to put everything to Bitcoin. The answer is no, because I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to put everything that I've gotten into into one into one solution. Would I put everything into gold and silver? No, because I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, um, you know, what, what, whether or not the government is going to come along and confiscate the gold and the silver that they they confiscated the last time they were they were running around during the Great Depression. You know, um, would I have, would I keep knowing that my country is going into the tank like the Greeks did? Yeah, I might want to put a whole lot of my, my euros into Bitcoin so that I could um, hold on to it so the government couldn't get their hands on it. And, and, uh, uh, and I would be able to convert currency, you know, uh, on the fly, electronically, so that I could, uh, you know, continue with my life. So, I mean, I think, I think those kinds of things, would be other things that, that we should begin all to look at. I mean, I'm I'm not making suggestions that you do any of them. You know, I'm just I'm just simply saying what is right now. You know, what's happening to everybody? Uh, L. Now here's yeah. the thing. Now uh, when they now Russia and China and uh, other countries have formed that investment bank over in China, yeah, the and they're going to compete with they're going to compete with the IMF. Right. So what's going to happen there? Well, it was, well, basically, basically, what I think is happening, what I can observe, observe, we're in a currency war right now, right? And so, whoever, whoever gives the best terms is going to be the winner. And since the Chinese are is a country that actually produces things, God help us, that anybody can produce things anymore, they will win. Simple as that. 
unless they reindustrialize this country the way Germany has done, reindustrialize their country and produce real things, people are simply not going to take our paper anymore. They'll, they'll take paper from people that have gold and silver behind the currency and from countries that actually build and manufacture things. That's, that's, I, mean, I think that's in the long run. We cannot continue to do what we're doing now. You know, I have a whole family of investment bankers and lawyers, including, you know, nieces and nephews, and I wonder, I wonder what exactly they're doing, you know, and, and, you know, for a living. I mean, they're, they're trading things that have, you know, illusory, you know, power to them. I mean, look at your own towns. I mean, did you have manufacturing in your town, you know, 20, 30 years ago? You know, are there any, any new manufacturing plants going up? Anywhere around where you are? No, no, no. They left. They left. Right. They left. Right. Yep. Um, and and I think steel I mills think in Pittsburgh. You know, I, I live near Pittsburgh, and all the steel mills left Pittsburgh. Remember, you right. see the steel capital. Right. They all left. Right. Right. So the I question, where they question is, what you know, what are we going to do about replacing all that? How are we going to replace all that? But uh, I think I think it's all contrived. I think it's a plan. You know. Well. Be that as a man. In other words, I, th- I think America is going to be a third world country, like Britain. It already is a third world country. Right, I agree. <laughs> you know, um, I agree. We, we've gone, we've gone, and, and I might get it swat across the head of saying that. We've gone from having 6% of the population in 1981, you know, being from South and Central America, to 30, over 30% of the country from South and Central America. And yet we talk, we scream and yell about immigration. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm not sure what all those people are doing, you know. Um, but I do know that they work in the McDonald's and they work in the they work in the Costco than today. Um, I, know, I don't know what, what I can say about all that. Are they stealing jobs from us? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but the thing the thing the thing of it is is that that we need to figure out: Are we an industrialized country, or are we a country that continues to trade paper? You may remember one of the Chinese leaders said to us back in the 60s, the United States is nothing more than a paper tiger. Was he ever right? You know, um, might have been Chairman Mao actually said that. I don't remember exactly. But, but I, think, I, think that, I think that, you know, in the, in the, in the broader scheme of things, um, everyone should take a look at the digital currencies, because I believe it's the new digital gold. I think that we have to prepare because we're seeing, we're seeing things like what's happening in Greece, which is right now a pimple on things. But what happens if a country like Britain goes down, which is more leverage than any other country in the world, but nobody nobody talks about it very much because it's one of the it's one of the banking capitals of the world. What do we do then? So, um, pardon me, I just. Had to eat something I haven't eaten it all day. <laughs> now, are there, anyway. are there any are there any banks or institutions here in America that are more exposed to the Greek debt? Uh, than, yeah. Than, yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a foreign bank, HSBC. In this HSBC. Country. Okay. Yeah, and 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 Mellon. <laughs> pardon me, not, not Mellon. JP, 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 JP Morgan. Pardon me, JP Morgan. Um. And there's one other. Um. Uh, it's uh, it's a French bank. It's in that operates here. Uh, Paribus, PNB Paribus, you know. But 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 even so, 
I mean, what's what's three hundred and fifty billion dollars, three hundred fifty billion, you know, um, uh, euros compared to, you know, um, let's say even some large American companies? It's it makes very very tiny. My my my, yeah. my my feeling about all of it is, is what we're seeing is you know the beginning of a long slide, you know, mm-hmm. and I think I think that things like Bitcoin become the great equalizer. The government can't can't touch it so long as you keep your your your, your credentials private. Um, it is across borders, okay, worldwide. Um, it uh, has it has value. It has notational value. Um, it 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 uh, can buy things, and it's beginning growing stronger and stronger each day. But the, the but the thing the thing of it is is that it's people are frightened of it. They are, they are, you know, they're confused at what they're hearing about it. Um, they don't know about it. They don't know where to go and look at it, see what it actually is. It's because we in general, all of us, you, me, and, and the general public, et cetera, we have no idea what our money is. We've been told to trust the dollar, but can't trust it. We've been told to trust, you know, gold and silver. Well, a lot of people try to buy gold and silver. they got silver certificates telling them that they actually have gold and silver someplace, but trying to go pick it up sometime. You know, mm-hmm. um, paper gold, paper silver. So, but with but with, with this, with something like Bitcoin, you can hold value, you can take the currencies you have now, and you can, you can, you can buy Bitcoins. You don't have to buy a lot. See how it works. Spend $100 mm-hmm. and see how it works for you. Look at what the actual structure is of it, you know. So if you lose $100, it's not the end of the world. If you don't like that, try 10. Um, I, I, can, I, can, I can certainly provide links where you can try a contest where you're actually operating in virtual Bitcoins for free. They'll give you all the, all the credentials of everything that's going on right now. And you go ahead and just you play the contest, and you see how well you do. You don't have any you – know, your only investment in, in, in Bitcoin would be your time, no money. Um, and you can see how well you do, you know, in terms of, of how holding the currency. Maybe you might want to make a small transaction with, with Bitcoin to see how it is. You don't have a Federal Reserve looking at your money. When, it, when, it, when, I, when I spend money in Bitcoin, you know this, Fred, it goes mm-hmm. peer to peer. I don't have to have a bank telling me, you know, um, uh, what to do. Well, for an example, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we put a small check, about $2,500, to one of my son's accounts. The bank flagged the account because of the person who wrote the check claiming that the check might not clear. Now, of course, the check did clear, but it took them 12 days to clear the check. Oh, like they had, right. Now, you had absolute need for that money right then and there. Okay, you couldn't get to it. You simply couldn't get to it. And, and when I look at the regulations, the bank was within its rights under under the federal federal um, regulations to be able to do that. Now, when you when you when you sign a when you sign a, a, a deposit account for any bank, basically you're signing away your your privacy, your personal rights, and ownership to the currency that you put into the bank account. With Bitcoin, you don't do any of that. The moment you buy Bitcoin or trade for Bitcoin, that's your bank account. And you own it. I mean, there isn't there isn't anybody out there to tell you. Whether you can spend it or not spend it, keep it or do do, do whatever you're going to do with it, etc. And in essence, 
um, buying a Bitcoin, Bitcoin, you're actually opening up your own bank account. You become your mm-hmm. own bank. Now, there, there, are, there are, of course, limitations to Bitcoin at this point in time. Can you borrow Bitcoin? You can, but, the, but that particular part of the ecosystem is not well developed. Okay? okay? Can you convert Bitcoin into the various currencies? Well, most of us use euros, dollars, you know, krona, et cetera, ruples, et cetera. There's about 20 currencies that you can readily, you know, convert, convert Bitcoin. Can you send Bitcoin places? Well, assume for a moment that you had, you know, uh, $1,000 you wanted to send, send to your aunt Nell in, in England. And you knew that the charges for the, all of that would be somewhere in the vicinity of about $60, bank fees on both ends, et cetera. Now what you have to do is buy the Bitcoin and at $1,000, send it to her electronically by email, okay? She gets it on the other end, and she can convert it for nothing, and she has the equivalent in pounds, whatever $1,000 is here, the equivalent of that in pounds, and the cost, about $0.03 cents, um, to get the versus $60 or $70 going through the, um, uh, the Federal Reserve System and then the bank system over there. And, and so there's no observation of your account. You're basically doing it yourself. You don't have to depend upon a third party. Um, and it's done, by the way, instantaneously. You have to wait a couple of days or two days or even a day. You can, you can get it and clear it that day, you know. Uh, and the technology exists right now. Now, I mean, a lot of the stuff that I'm saying to you is, be, is, is due to the fact that I've, I've completely immersed myself in a digital, tech, in a digital uh, a technology. Not because I wanted to, but because I, I find a subject so intriguing because of its ability to cut cross borders worldwide, instantaneous, it's safe if you're, if you're, if you're careful, you put some precautions. It's, it's like, you know, if you were to give out your, your password and your screen name, of course they can raid your bank account. You know, anybody can doing that. With Bitcoin, you just keep your private, your private key hidden, you know, put it in the safe deposit box, et cetera, have multiple accounts, you name it, and you're going to be a lot safer than you would be with a bank, and you have no chance of the government ever seizing your currency. If you give away both your public and private keys so the government or anybody else knows who, what they are, well, that's like opening the front door. Everybody sees everything. It's in your home, and, and you put a sign out and say, come and steal everything I've got. Well, it's the same kind of thing with, you know, with, with conventional currency. But in any event, um, what happened in Greece with Bitcoin, they didn't report a major spike when all this stuff was going on, what was going on right now. People were sort of in shock, except that it turned out that people were going across the border to other countries and buying Bitcoin. They were not Greek citizens, you know, um, that were doing it. They were sending people on their behalf to buy Bitcoin and then, you know, giving them their, their, their credentials, their public key. And suddenly you had deposits flying out of the country from, you know, from other banks in, in, that didn't have the bank holiday in euros. So it was, it's very interesting what's happened. Um, so that's that. I mean, the long, the long and the short of my, I guess, my message is that right now we're in very heady times. In that, that I believe, in my heart, that the what's going to ha- happen is that this default from, from Greece is not going to stop. It's going to spread, and it may not. It may not be Italy, Spain, Portugal, or or any other, you know, country like that. It may well be, um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps like Argentina has done. You know, they said that they're not going to pay the 15 
billion or I don't remember exactly the number in debt that they've owed for 50 years to someone recently. Um, and you may see it ha- happen there and spread all over the, all over South America, which inevitably will come back and bite both the Europeans and the Americans in the butt because the debt isn't being paid. Because, well, if the Greeks can get away with it, so can we. But the other thing, the other thing is I go back to is do you want to have a bank, which is what's going on right now, take the sovereignty of our nation and flush it? Basically say to our government, you do what we tell you to do, or we're going to shut you down financially, which is essentially what's going on in Greece. I think that's the major message. I guess the other message is that I think it's important to look at alternative ways to preserve and keep your capital. That's why I say Mm -hmm. things like Bitcoin. Bitcoin cannot be captured. There is no Bitcoin Inc. anyplace. There's no there's no central authority anywhere. You can't you can't shut down the world of Bitcoin. If 99% of the computers went down tomorrow, there'll be you know you know a couple hundred up there, and they free repropagate, and you have your Bitcoin right back in my book, so long as you have your private key and your public key, and, you know, away, away you go. I mean, that's, 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 that's just my, my opinion. But, you know, for example, if the, if, the, if the Greeks do decide to repudiate the debt that they owe to the European Union, it means that when they, when they reopen up their doors to the drachma, first of all, no one's going to want the drachma because they don't, probably won't trust the currency. But if they do trust the currency... Um, then all the contracts, everything that was written in euros, guess what? They got to be rewritten in, in drachma. Okay. If you have if you have if everything in 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 Bitcoin and you still need to sell things for just in contract, everything in Bitcoin, as an example, you can always convert the current, you can convert the, the Bitcoin to anything: dollars, euros, rubles, you name it. Um, that's the, that's, if you would, if you were to, to take take the, the idea that it makes sense to own some Bitcoin to protect yourself, so you can get get through the through the rough periods, you may find that you decide that you want to put a lot of money into Bitcoin. As a matter of fact, um, a few weeks ago, Goldman Sachs just put fifty million dollars behind a Bitcoin facility in California. Imagine that Goldman Sachs putting fifty million dollars behind a, a a Bitcoin exchange. In California, I mean that that seems pretty remarkable to me. That's have some confidence there. The amount of investment going into Bitcoin infrastructure went from you know you know zero you know, in 1999 to over 500 over 500 million dollars this year worldwide in terms of building infrastructure for you know using using Bitcoin. I mean the the videotape that I sent along the the, the link to is a um, uh, videotape of a, of a professor that, that I've been, been taught, listening to. His name is Antonis Apollomides. He's a, a, a Greek Cypriot by, by heritage. He, he, uh, he runs a, a venture fund in New York City, but he's back and forth to Cyprus because he, he uh, is, is part of the University of Nicosia. And uh, he talks about, you know, what is going on in the world of of you know of of, uh, of Bitcoin and, and other digital currencies. He's a Harvard graduate, very smart guy. Um, name of his organization is called Ledra, E D R L E D R A, Ledra Capital. You might want to read up about it if you care to. And there's another man by the name of, of uh, Andreas Antonopoulos. He's Greek, and he's been through three um, 
issues. Three times that they, the, the entire government has collapsed and they've lost all their money. Um, he no longer lives in Greece. He lives in San Francisco. He talks an awful lot about, you know, what the what the, the best way to look at things like Bitcoin is, is really all about. It gets to be more more than just currency. It becomes more of a philosophical thing. What do you want to do? Do you want to leave yourself wide open to your government that doesn't have control of your of your money and, and wants to steal it from you, or do you want to take things into your own hands? And that's what if, if I if I leave any message behind at all about anything that's going on, Bitcoin is not something that is subject to any third party taking it from you. You can't have it taken from you. And as it becomes more apparent to the general population, it's an adoption sort of thing. The Bitcoin volatility has gone down dramatically. It will go down more, will go down dramatically, and it is being accepted by more and more organizations all around the world. I could buy a Lamborghini right now with one if I wanted to. Um, I don't know that I do want to buy a Lamborghini, but you know, um, Bitcoin is being accepted by hundreds of thousands of organizations. Whereas in 1999, people would say Bitcoin. What in the devil is Bitcoin? You know, and and even now, a lot of people say, what is Bitcoin? Who cares? Who gives a damn? It's a tiny thing. But it is a place that you can put your, your currency if you want to set aside a reserve or if you want to just try it out um, so that you can send money around the world for free. You can buy things around the world for free instead of having the expensive uh, transmission charges that the banks charge, like Western Union and the like. Um, and you can be fairly secure that what you put into the, into the, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the Bitcoin it's pretty much what you're going to get out of it, um, unless there's some kind of major collapse, which I'm not suggesting that there is. There is not going to be, uh, you know, in the you know in the Bitcoin price. There are organizations out there that have that are, that are saying that they they have solved the the, the volatility problem with Bitcoin. Well, you basically you give them your Bitcoin, they've turned into dollars, and when you want to send something worldwide, regardless of what it is. They will buy Bitcoin for you and then send it on. And then they have a, a, a technology that allows you to convert the currency at the other end, the person is receiving it, for free into any currency that they want to have any place in the world. They were, there's a, it's called BitReserve, the name of that, that company. And I can give you the list of, of all of these things. So I guess my messages are this. I think that, that Greece is going to become uh, a... Uh, 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 I guess the, 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 the example that, that's going to cause Europe to uh, shudder, I think the EU, I think the European Union is dead, maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but within the next few years. I think that the contagion of what's going on in, in Europe right now is happening you know, in, uh, in the United States with the massive amount of debt that we have, and having Puerto Rico saying we can't pay our bills, that to me is a substantial uh, hit. Uh, I mean, I never, never in a million years would ever think that, um, you know, that Puerto Rico would say, gee, we can't pay our bills, we're going to go bankrupt. But nor did I ever think that um, the city of Detroit was going to disappear either. Uh, and, and in my lifetime, the city of New York almost went bankrupt itself and got saved by a man by the name of Felix Roy Hatton. Um, this was probably, I guess, in the 60s or 70s. I can't remember exactly when. I think it was when Robert Wagner was the mayor um, of the city of New York. Now, I'm actually letting, how, letting you all know how old I am, decrepit. But um, the, thing, the, thing of, the thing of it is is that we now have a chance now of taking our, our wealth and our incomes 
and perhaps put, at least putting part of it out of the hands of prying eyes, people who want to steal it from us, and those who want to add it to their assets. So in the event they go bust um, uh, or decide that they want to bail in, they can't take your currency from you. They still have it uh, for the most part. There's all kinds of opportunities to be able to, to look into those kinds of things. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that anybody listen to this uh, buy a single Bitcoin, but I think it's at least worth a look just to see what's going on. Are there any questions about what I've said so far? Anybody? Question for Al? I think I lost everybody. No. <laughs> hey, Al, uh, when, when, yeah. when Bear Stearns went down in early 2008, it was the yeah. precursor to the Lehman um, shutdown right. about six months later, or, or maybe right. it was just five and a half months. Right. <clears throat> But the Bear Stearns shutdown uh, had all of, in a microcosm, what, uh, what, what, what took place with the Lehman. So it, it was sort of a warning, a heralding, so to speak, right. of what right. was going to happen to Lehman on a, on a bigger scale. It, and Bear right. Stearns wasn't small, but it was, it was significant, too. Right. It wasn't even as big as Lehman Brothers was. And, um, and, certainly, and certainly, they couldn't do it. They couldn't. No one would take their paper. They literally couldn't. They could not roll over their their currency, their their debts. Their corporate debt. Yeah, the corporate, corporate debt. debt. No, no one would take on reinvest to roll yeah. over their corporate debt. Yep. Right, they wouldn't touch it. So within the course of about seventy-two hours, Bear Stearns went belly up. A few months later, what Lehman Brother went belly up. And 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 believe it or not, even even the 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 hallowed halls of, of you know. Of, Goldman Sachs, they would have gone belly up unless unless they were bailed out by the government. In fact, um, the richest man in America at the time, I guess, was maybe the second richest, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's banks weren't bailed out, and some of his insurance companies. Guess what Warren Buffett's you know, uh, uh, Berkshire Hathaway A stock would be pay, tra- trading today for? Instead of the hundred and fifty thousand dollars they are per share, you know. Uh, yeah. um, so I mean. All these things are interrelated, interacted, and and I think, I think that with all the activity with Bitcoin, with all the regulatory looks, look see, like the Bitcoin licensing in the city in in, the, in New York, uh, the guy put the the uh, uh, idea that his name is Ben Lofty, who's now decided to quit being a regulator and go into the uh, consulting business for digital currencies worldwide. He's, he tried to novel down Bitcoin and other digital currencies. And now he wants to become a, a consultant and be, and be paid by the same industry that he's been messing with. But hmm. there is there is there is there is uh, observation of Bitcoin in every single major banking center in the world. They, and it's not so much the Bitcoin itself; it's the blockchain that it that it, that it, it resides on. The blockchain is the record keeping system um, for uh, Bitcoin and other things. And basically, it's a consensus system that says. Did a transaction occur? And a, a mathematical problem is presented by um, the the, uh, the the block the blockchain proof of work uh, assembly, uh, which is it's an electronic and you know, mathematical uh, regime that's that says what you, if you could fill out figure out this particular uh, computation, and you have enough of the people that are saying, well, we figured this thing out. This is the proper answer. This mathematical problem. Then the likelihood that this transaction is real and legitimate. Increases as the number of 
people do the proof of work, which they are paid um, in Bitcoin and fees. Um, and and so you have that worldwide. There is no there is no politicalization to it. You can't stop the transaction. Once a transaction is made, it's a one-way transaction. It cannot be reversed. Um, you can always go to the person that you paid and say, you know what, I overpaid you, or I don't like the stuff that I bought, and that's for your money back. But it's a one-way transaction, so you don't have any any um, credit card fault, you know, um, fraud, and, and no credit card. Oh, I made a mistake. I want to cancel my order. That kind of thing. That doesn't happen. And it's a storehouse of value. I mean. If you if you consider dollars or any currency a storehouse of value per se, then you know um, uh, the blockchain, which includes Bitcoin, may be a place to look at. Oh, and by the way, uh, the blockchain also allows for trading in uh, commodities like gold, silver, etc. So you can have the same thing, although you don't have it physically. You can have your gold and silver certificates riding on, and you can also have dollars and the like riding and sitting. You know, on the blockchain, but it does not have the security that Bitcoin has because the dollar still has to run through the Federal Reserve before they go to this this um, record keeping system called the blockchain. So that's that's my sort of my message. I mean, I know it's not exciting or expi- inspiring, but it's just my take on what's going on in 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 Europe right now. And I think it's only the beginning. I think I think that. All the propaganda that we're told in the United States, everything is just A-OK. And we, we know all around that our businesses are closing, our manufacturing is in shambles, et cetera, that we have to do something about that. And I think that, I think things like Bitcoin and the blockchain begin to reverse that trend because you can actually make an investment and know that you have what you have and be able to make investments as you would, you know, um, and be able to keep track of it all. And there's somebody sitting in the background trying to take the value of what you've got. And it's not going to be where Bitcoin can inflate. There's no way to inflate Bitcoin right now. You cannot inflate it so it's worthless. The only thing you can do is, is result, you know, depend upon market conditions as to what the Bitcoin may be worth relative to currencies like dollars and euros and all those, those currencies around the world. So I think that's the message, that we need to be careful and wary. Is Bitcoin a solution to saving these economies? Any economy? No. Is it, is it a way for you to keep pretty safe? Some currency, et cetera, electronic or otherwise? Yes. Um, can it help in the recovery of a, of a country? Yes, I believe it can. It's a, it's a universal receptacle for you know many, many currencies and commodities. And you can actually go to sleep at night and say, you know what, at least I've got something out there that I can use to spend. Unless it's you know gold and silver, you're running around, you know, digging it out of your backyard and hoping your next door neighbor doesn't see you, you know. So that's the that's my story at this point that I see, and I think a lot of people are thinking that way. And there's people certainly a lot smarter than I am um, who are moving in that direction, including Richard Branson, Elon Musk, and the like. Uh, in fact, a, a lot of the, the Federal Reserve people are beginning to look at the blockchain right now and thinking about maybe. They want to run the block, the blockchain for the Federal Reserve Bank uh, to its members all around the all around the country, all around the world. So it's it's at least to have a look see, you know. Um, and, I mean, and we can't ignore the fact this is the thing that bothers me the most. I don't care if Greece goes down, except for the plight of the people. I don't want to see them suffer. What bothers me though is that the U.S. government says they will not bail out, nor will they help Puerto Rico. And it's going down. There isn't any doubt about it. It's going down. 
I mean, I wouldn't want to be, you know, um, faced with that in the state of Maryland because it went bankrupt, or the state of Connecticut or Illinois where Fred is, et cetera. So, I mean, that's, I mean, I think it's time for people to begin taking more care and looking at what they've got, you know, because, you know, all the states and communities, like, you know, situations where the taxes are going to be going, continue to rise. What do we have left? You know, except to, to depend upon ourselves. And the community, you know, and the digital currency is growing. And you can learn so much about it because there's so many resources out there to take a look at it and see whether or not it makes sense. And there are resources out there to take a dabble in them and without, you know, breaking the bank. You know, maybe you want to put 5 or $10 or something to see if it actually works. Or play one of these one of these Bitcoin games where you can actually do it in a theoretical sense as to what, you know, how the transactions actually occur, how you can make money with it, et cetera. And you might even Google some of the shops in, in your town Who's taking Bitcoin? Who will take Bitcoin raw? I mean, I know hundreds around, hundreds of them around in and around Washington D.C. There's ATMs that have, that are shown up around here as well. Um, wow. And so, you know, uh, and and by the way, at the ATM, if I have Bitcoin, I can take it. I can take it either as you know as Bitcoin, or I can take it in any currency I want. Wow, that seems like one of the most important things to teach the young people now that you could think of is have them teaching that in social sciences and in history and economics, government classes, because I think Bitcoin really is what everybody's looking for, but they don't know that they are. And if they are, they don't know what it looks like yet. I mean, they will find out, obviously, it's spread like wildfire, but but it really is a a very neutral... um, light-filled, um, uh, equalizing uh, energy for the economic situation we're in that's under so much control and it's not working. What, what you've described about an equalizing thing for energy, you're exactly right. It's a brand-new DNA. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not me you know, giving you money that I rip you up because I've got, got an interest rate attached to what I've given you. I've given you a tool to use, or, or you've given me the tool to use, we're collectively given that tool to use. We're competing with one another to live our lives and, and build businesses and the like, but we're ripping each other off. That's exactly, exactly right. Doing, you know, I mean, I mean, if if if, if that's if, if that's the only thing that Bitcoin does, it's one of the most important things that I've ever heard of. You know, absolutely. Because, you know, and, and and the record and the records of Bitcoin can never be destroyed. Because it's massively distributed all over the world simultaneously. When the transaction occurs, it's propagated, you know, on all the computers that, that do the mining, do the administration, and then that particular transaction propagated on, you know, two million computers. You know, and you know and you know, there's no bottleneck. There is no gatekeeper, there is no Federal Reserve, there is no bank that has all these silly rules. Um is it the best thing on earth at this point? Is Bitcoin the best thing on earth? I don't know. The only thing that I know about that, that actually works, you know, um, allows me to send someone someone in, in Uganda who has no money at all, you know, a thousand U.S. dollars without having sixty or eighty or hundred of them being eaten up in, in transaction expenses. I can have that that that, that Bitcoin converted immediately to local currency. Cost zero. Oh my God, that is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it really is incredible. And- 
in this world of, of, of disasters everywhere you look, artificially produced disasters, seems like that would be a good enough reason right in itself to use it for charities to use it. Yes, that's exactly what is being being done right now. There's a company called M-Pace out there doing it right now. And every day there's more and more companies doing this, you know, cloud-based conversion of currencies using Bitcoin as, as the transport. You know, and so, you know, you think to yourself, wow, why is this happening? Well, I think, I think there's a lot of good hearts out there, but I also think that there's a reason for it. People are tired of being ripped off, and they're tired of seeing other people rip, being ripped off. And I figure, you know, they're, they're, they're paying it forward, but the technology is what it is. There's no, there's no politics behind the actual mathematics of what that is, which Bitcoin is at all. Now, Will the governments try to politicize Bitcoin? Will they try and tear it down? Will they lose their power base, understand? There's no longer central control over your currency, being Bitcoin or Ripple or any of the others, and you're, and you're a dictatorial guy like you know our friend Mr. Obama, um, and you find out that you no longer control the population because they control their own resources, you're going to go a little mad, aren't you? You're going to go a little crazy. Or if you find out if you're on Wall Street that what you've been doing is holding the entire nation hostage, Everybody's turned, you know, converted their their currency to some other digital currency, including things like Bitcoin, and you no longer get it to them. What happens to those organizations? What happens to us? I'm going to call Goldman Sachs a little bit. I'm not going to call them something derogatory. I'm going to say they have unsavory ways about doing business. What happens? To, what happens? What happens to an investment banker that relies upon the greed of others and destroying other companies as they go along? When you've got the actual holders of the wealth not being going to manipulate the actual actualization. It basically is you and I deciding what to do with our resources in an investment. Um, and, and, and those kinds of technologies are, are coming along all the time. And that all don't happen to be with Bitcoin. There's all kinds of digital things that are happening right now that um, are taking the power away from the central banks, your local bank, the government, and allowing us to trade with one another without having a third party in our hip pocket. As simple as that. That's what's actually hey, happening Al, right now. Al, yeah. just go back to that met, met, metaphor. The chasm uh, that debt-based currencies creates by definition as soon as they're issued, which is the impossibility uh, <clears throat> in the repayment of interest, these right. digital currencies are, are, are technologies like Bitcoin, to me uh, – seem to create a bridge over those chasms. We can walk, well, you know, individually and collectively over <clears throat> harm's way or over the divide and connect and, and exchange and and um, conduct value again. I think I think that's true because the moment you convert a dollar into Bitcoin, that that debt component, that the money which all belongs to the Federal Reserve well, the Bitcoin doesn't belong to anybody but the person that bought the Bitcoin. That currency belongs to no one except the person that bought the Bitcoin. No one else. There is no, there is no um, implicit or explicit claim upon the Bitcoin except for the person who actually did the purchase or was paid uh, for a particular good or service. Whereas with, with your dollars, what kind of claims have you got immediately against it? Um, you know, I can think of a lot of them. Now, does this mean that you don't pay taxes with Bitcoin, et cetera? 
Well, try not to pay taxes and see what happens to you. Um, there are rules that are coming out now about being able to pay taxes, which means that part of your income from Bitcoin, like with dollars and anything else, will have to be converted to dollars and, and the taxes paid for any for any gain, et cetera. It's like the current you know, the current system. Um, so that this is not an escape from, you know, even though you don't have governors per se, it's not an escape from paying taxes. But it is an escape from having every one of your transactions, you know, looked over by, you know, the, the government, you know, and, or someone who doesn't like the, way, the business that you're in, you know, um, trying to try and destroy you. What things you might want to buy, like marijuana in in, uh, in Washington State, you know, or like Oregon else. now, <laughs> or Oregon, right? Right. right. You know, so so you know, that that's the beauty of it. You can conduct business without having to worry about who's looking at your transactions. You know, at the same at the same time, you don't want to run afoul of the government. You 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 account for your 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 gains and losses in Bitcoin, and that's another conversation entirely. Um, and there's going to be and they're coming on on online right now. Wallets, places where you, you keep your your Bitcoin, that will automatically be able to calculate what taxes you might have to pay. Um, sales tax is obvious, but income taxes not so obvious. Uh, but it'll be allow you to do that uh, automatically as you make transactions, you know that kind of thing. And, and no one sees those automatic tra- uh, calculations; only you get to see them, and then you decide to report them, et cetera. So, in the event there is an audit sometime, there's a complete audit trail as to what's happened. But still, they still can't touch your Bitcoin, but you, they can see, you know, what you what you bought your Bitcoin for and, and what the price it went to when you. When you sold it, for example, so you bought a Bitcoin at two hundred dollars for Bitcoin now, or or a partial Bitcoin at two dollars, it's you know some small de- you know denomination, and that two dollars went to a hundred. You had enough of those. Well, there'd be some taxes on the intervening, you know, uh, uh, expense of the Bitcoin and the on the and the expense at which you uh, you dispose of it. Uh, but the only time there'd be a taxable event, however, would be when you convert um, the Bitcoin into um, uh, ordinary fiat currency, you don't you don't get taxed on the appreciation and value of the Bitcoin while it's going on, and you also get the same uh, treatment if you lose value with your Bitcoin. Um, if it's you know an investment, etc., well then it's, it's tax deductible as well, just like anything else. So. I mean, there's so many things that are coming online now that mirror the current economic way of doing business with one another, but it doesn't have all the pitfalls, you know, built into it that the dollars have right now. Because it's all, you know, it's all tracked for for you, you know, and and the like. So, are there any other comments, or are there any criticisms, or there questions? <clears throat> Anybody else just star six your phone? I killed yeah. everybody. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still here. Hey, hey, Jeannie, oh yeah, everybody. Three here in Chicago. Sixty-two. Oh well, it's, it's ninety-three here, Fred. Already. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. God. <laughs> it's cooled off. <laughs> you really feel bad for me, Didi. Wow. Oh well, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to be outside. I took off in my car to go to Trader Joe's. I waited too late in the day because I had an appointment, and ended up canceling. And 
I got out there and I got about six blocks away and I had to come back because it was painful to be outside in my car. It was literally physically and energetically painful. Wow. So, yeah, we're not used to it. And it's been going on for a couple of weeks now and there's no end in sight. So, but, you know, prior to this weather, we were having a tremendous amount more chemtrailing than usual. And that's really making a statement. And so I know something happened, you know, and now there's no rain and no rain in sight. And, you know, we're enjoying the summer, but, you know, in the 80s is beautiful, and in, the, in the high 90s and hundreds to be 100 by Sunday again is not fun. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, Al, like by you, Al. It is um, right now. It's in the 60s and 70s, but okay. earlier into earlier in the in the in the spring, we having temperatures that were in the 90 to 100 degree range in May. Right. Um, I mean, and and I'm thinking to myself, May. It's 97 degrees here. I'm dying. It killed the air conditioning system in most of, most of the neighborhoods around here because of the stress on the on the power grid. It burnt out air conditioning systems. Couldn't even live in your house. All right, three, uh-huh. days, three, three days with no air conditioning in the house. Top floor of the building was 100 degrees. The, the living floor, you know, the bedrooms was 95 degrees. And the ground floor was about 85 degrees. And the well, basement was probably about the same as the ground floor. Um, thankfully, the, the, te- the temperatures have fallen, but I can't figure out what's going on. It makes sense to me. Well, yeah, we had, a beautiful, we had a beautiful yeah. spring. I mean, the weather here was absolutely just brilliant. But it, and that was weird in itself, even though I enjoyed it, <laughs> you know. Same yeah. what happened to you there, yeah. And you get a lot of rain. You get a lot like, like, like Seattle does. We don't get as much rain as Seattle, but it's like living in a greenhouse. It's beautiful here. And there's trees and flowers everywhere in every yard. And, you know, you can drive downtown and be in the shade, uh, you know, quite a bit of the time because the trees are a big deal here. And it's a city of roses, so everything's blooming. It's very lush. But now everything's just shriveling, you know, all the house. No matter how much we water outside in the potted plants, everything looks like it's in stun mode, you know. (laughs) It's really kind of weird. Wow. Well, I, I just think there's something strange going on with the weather. I mean, certainly, I've never seen temperatures in May, late April. Well, the, you know, Europe is a blast furnace, Al. They say Europe is a blast furnace right now. <clears throat> oh, really? really? Oh, gosh. Wow. Well, they, I know they're planning on building what's, what they have in California with the geophysical and chemtrails and harp. They have what's called the Ridiculous Resilient Ridge that's running the whole length of of the West Coast, and now they're pushing it up in here. And where it's going to go from here, I don't know. Um, but I can't imagine living in California, Southern California, as, as dry as it can be anyway. I mean, they can't turn on their hoses every day already. I, when I drove down there, I think it was in May, April, May, yeah, the rest stops, a lot of the rest stops were closed. You know, you'd drive right. 50 miles to use the bathroom. You get there, they say no bathroom because there's no water. Right. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, it's... And all all, all the shrubbery, you know, is not cheap around these these expensive homes, Didi. They're dying. These shrubs are dying. Oh, it's it's really something. I'm glad usually when it gets hot here in August, September, the grass turns brown and, and beautifully, you know, But and then you don't have to pay to have a mowed. But, 
you know, it's happening now, and it's it's not just the lawns, you know, everything. I mean, it's still green, but it's just, just strange. <laughs> <laughs> it's 82 in my house, and I've had this little air conditioner on just in these first two rooms, and it's comfortable. Yeah. But, you know, you want to open your windows at 10, 11 at night, and when you do it, it's just as warm outside as it is in the yeah. house. So, anyway. I, I wonder what's going to happen in California. I mean, oh, God, it's scary. I mean, there's no water there. I mean, it's a thousand-year drought. You know, and then they talk about putting desalinization plants in, and somebody else pipes in and says, oh, gee, we have groundwater we haven't used yet. Well, what does that mean? If the groundwater is well, taken, whatever whatever they think they have, and, and there's no water being rained upon them, what are they going to do in four or five? Will, will the city of Los Angeles disappear? Well, the fracking, they're using a lot of water for fracking there, too, which is ridiculous, of course. Right. I'm hoping there's no more fracking anyplace. I mean, they've rejected fracking finally in Britain. Um, they made it illegal to pro- they made it illegal to protest fracking down in Oklahoma and Texas area. I think it was Oklahoma. Now you, it's illegal for you to protest fracking. Really? Yeah. I, thought that, I, thought, I thought that Texas made it, made it illegal to do fracking in, in Texas. And no, it's illegal. I think it's either Texas or Oklahoma. Actually, I think it's Texas made it illegal to protest fracking recently. We we had a, several weeks of having these geoengineering activist people on the call, and they're in Paris right now at the big international geophysical. They're with what they call the marshmallow men. That the whole their whole agenda and the itinerary for the show is all based on world control through weather modification, and and they're the protesters that went over there and actually got I think got some speaking spots. And so wow. we're waiting for them to come back and report to us because this was like a historical event, you know. I think it's next okay. weekend or next week, Dee. <clears throat> Is it okay? It's the second week in July, I think. Oh, okay, good. Wow. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 a strange thing because we know we know that we can fix this problem with fuel. We know where the solutions are. We know how expensive oh, yeah. it is or how inexpensive, and we don't do it. I don't well, we're not allowed it. to do it. We're not allowed to do it. We know this paradigm for the new reality and this transition shift we're in is there already set. We've been doing it. You know, like my neighbor, she goes, well, where are all these magazines and newsrooms? What is this cannabis culture? And I was telling her about the medicinal breakthroughs that are happening that are stunning. I mean, literally would blow your socks off with these children that, you know, can't speak. They do one dose of the oil if it's made properly and they start talking. They quit right. having 500 seizures a month with one dose and all so I was telling her about that, and that's uh, that's the way information is. I mean, we I told her there's new paradigms for education, healthcare, all this is already in place. Alternative currency, uh, environmental issues, spiritual issues. You know, the the things that aren't working are falling apart. You have to be looking to see it all. But um, you know, we could get by quite nicely uh, as this thing finishes falling apart. This dinosaur of control that. Everybody's been allowing. And the big thing is people are done allowing some of these things. They're finally, like, waking up and going, why are we doing this, you know? Why are we supporting usury and, you know? Well, I think, I think, I think we've been doing it forever, and we're afraid to look at something different. We just go ahead and do the same old thing. 
expecting a it's different a program. result. Yeah, well, it's a programming. It's part of how we've been genetically modified ourselves as as human beings. You know, it, it's a program. It's a DNA shutdown. And now the DNA strands are opening up and people are figuring out how to use science to open them and, you know, these all this stuff. In the meantime, it's like, you know, you somebody hit you with a stun gun and you're shaking yourself awake. Well, if all right. of us still have to keep shaking ourselves awake and bringing the unconscious forward and making sure it's what we really feel or what we're really aware is is making up how we how we move through our world, then you can imagine how a lot of these other people that are just mainstream regular folks, a lot of them poor and struggling, and they're still waking up. But if it's hard for us to, you know, keep it going and keep letting go of old concepts and realizing that there is a new way of doing this and it doesn't have to be according to someone else's version of this virtual reality we're living in. Uh, it can be what we want, what we prefer. And like Bitcoin is really a huge indicator of that, of that kind yeah. of shifting. And it's, not, it's not even a protest. I think it's an organic yeah. reaction. It is. It's evolution. It's evolution. It's the new imperative. You know, the it's a dying system. People have a hard time believing that because it's so entrenched and it's it's got a hold of us in a big way. You know, and yet you know it's our choosing to see it, but not to really value it or fight against it or anything. Just look at it for what it is and find a better way in in the way that we... And we're all doing that already. That's why we do this show, so we can look at what is and realize what we really know would work better. And I almost wonder whether or not, even when we wake up, we wake up in the place that we've been programmed to wake up in because the guys who are programming us realize that this is what we might happen to everything, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why this Jade Helm 2 thing is so significant, you know, this computer uh, mapping of your mind, you know, the microcognitive adaptive energies flowing through the air that, you know, just, it'll put a kibosh on things you don't even know you're thinking yet. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like, wow. It is crazy, isn't it? I want to film that, Nicole. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on the call tonight. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to me. And uh, uh, guys, next next week we're going to have a guy, Dr. David Lehman, uh, who's one of the most foremost uh, authors and researchers on end times prophecy. He will be on our call. He's uh, spoke at global conferences, and uh, it should be a really good call. So, and he's talking what about the you know, oh, 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 Dr. David Lehman, L E H M A N. Wow. So, and, and, he, and he references it to world events that are happening, like, right now. And then, you know, things that have happened prior and then. So, uh, but uh, hold on to your seatbelts. He's, he's, I just ran into this guy uh, in the last uh, few weeks, and he agreed to come on next Thursday. Fred, I also thought that we should definitely mention, and Steve, if you want to go ahead and come in and tell us about, we have a, uh, AUN is a brand new website, and most of you on this call probably. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. guys, yeah, Uh, Steve, come on, talk about it. The the mobile-friendly AUN website, I mean, if you go on AUN, there's a mobile-friendly view version that's really high-tech. Yeah, it's it's not quite finished yet. Yeah, it's a work in progress, but there's going to be an archive in there for all 409 shows we've done. Steve, can you come in and talk to, to about that? Yeah, there's going to be uh, probably each and every show we've had in our specials. 
will be all archived on YouTube videos. And uh, oh, so wow. God, he's going to be doing one a week, uh, so it's going to be pretty incredible. And uh, so it's it's in the process, and it is uh, cell phone or smartphone user friendly. So it's, it loads quicker. It uh, even has 3D moving uh, clouds uh, even on your smartphone. So whether you're on yeah. wow. Everything. So it's all there. Yeah, I noticed the front page is completely different when I went on it this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, is that the beginning of it? Is that what you're doing? Is that the, the change that you're doing now? Well, I'm not doing it. My my son does. He's high-end 3D graphics, so that's that's what he does for a living. Ah. Yeah, he he's a highly paid, sought-after. Uh, what do you call it? Video graphic graph. Gra- what do you call his? What he does? Wow. It really looks nice. I mean, what I've seen so far looks great. I'm really surprised. Oh, pleasantly surprised. That's what I was seeing. It was just great. Yeah, thanks. So. It's uh, pretty unique. So uh, there'll be a lot of things going up. And, uh, of course, both the shows we had with uh, Christopher Boleyn um, Sunday last week and then in May, there's going to be a, uh, a weekly, excuse me, a monthly Sunday show with Chris Boleyn from uh, Sweden, and uh, those those two shows are on up, and so actually I think he's already finished or is in the process of finishing last week's call. This one will be archived as well, so it's kind of unique. Those are great. Those are great archives, by the way, Steve. Really good. Are we we preparing mankind, are we preparing fast enough to be able to um, cope with the, the man-made cataclysms that, we, that are being created for us. We're going to have to go through them. We're going to have to go through them, and it's going to be challenging. But we'll get through it, and it will pass, and it'll go somewhere else and happen. I'm sure. I don't know where planet dimension, but yeah, we, we're going to be a living witness to a transformation that might be as hard, harder than we think, because, or it might be hard, but we might. Because of our way of looking at it, we might we will get through it, and we just need to, you know, make sure that we see our family and friends and towns being protected, and use our God-given energies of creativity to visualize your way through it. You know, because you're aware of what's going on. Everybody's in brave. It doesn't mean it has to be the outcome that has been predicted either. We have to keep that in mind that when we believe something for sure is going to be this big thing and and we put all of our energy and attention in it, it's a lot more powerful than if we just look at it and realize it's really not what we prefer to see happening. And it can change because we're in a shifting time. Anything can happen. We're right so in between worlds, you know. But we have so much more creative power and say about it than than most people are willing to take credit for. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking that maybe I should spend it a next year or two in Greece and be part of the rebirth of a of a of a, 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 a nation or an economy, and see if I couldn't figure out from Al, Al, you should go and wear the black robe. <laughs> I know, wear a white robe for Christ's sake, or a purple one. <laughs> I first can, I first got to learn how to speak Greek, you know, but but I, you I'll know, come I, and join I, you later. I'll come and join you later. That would be great. I mean, yeah, I, I, well, you, you should, everybody should go where they're called to go, even if it seems a bit outrageous. <laughs> It, 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 well, it does. It, even to me, it seems outrageous. But I, I'm thinking that. Well, you know, Greece. Uh, Greece. I hope it doesn't disappear. I don't want to see Puerto Rico disappear. But the thing, the thing, it isn't. How do you learn about how to rebuild a, 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 a nation without having warfare? You know, it's 
all being torn apart by a, an illusion called banking or, or money. You know, even Bitcoin is an illusion. We have to well, it's, illusion all an illu- it's all an illusion. <laughs> right. You know, they're, they're all illusory. So you wonder, you know, what's happening, you know? What do you do about it? I mean, even the value of gold and silver, it's an illusion that it has. I mean, I can't eat yes. gold or silver. <clears throat> That's right. I can, eat, I can eat a tomato or some peas, you know. I can do that, or I can eat a cow and all that. Hey, you know, hey I, Al, Didi, Steve, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head home, but uh, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to duck out of the call, but thanks, guys. Thanks, Dee Dee. Thanks, Al and Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Fred. I'll, I'll catch up to you guys. Great. Have, everyone have a happy Fourth of July, please. And don't blow up any fireworks in your hands. I'm going to have yeah, a happy Third so- of July. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. God bless, everyone. You too, Fred. You too, Thank Fred. you. <laughs> I mean, we gotta cele- we gotta celebrate our interdependence, sir. On the third, third. I mean, that's the national holiday. The third, I mean, how absurd! <laughs> I heard a discussion on the radio that is actually the second. Uh, oh, there you go. Time is art. It's all in the moment. Oh no! I mean, I mean, but isn't isn't tomorrow the the national holiday as opposed to the, the actual Fourth of July? And then Monday. Is it? Aren't, aren't holidays usually on Mondays? <laughs> See? Wouldn't even know when the, when the country had its national holiday. I know, uh, because I'm, we don't we don't follow the conscribed version of reality. <laughs> are, are you involved at all with the creation of Bitcoin? No, no. The the, uh, the man the man the man the man who created the the individual is uh, Mandarin Naka, uh, Nakamati, no, his name is Satoshi. I can't pronounce his first name. Nakamichi Satoshi. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not at all. Um, uh, in fact, no one really has ever met this guy, believe it or not. No, no, I don't um, mean creating it, but I mean creating Bitcoin. Oh, I do, I do that, yes. Uh, I do, yeah. Um, how, how hard is that to do? It's just a you, you buy an ASIC uh, machine, uh, computer computer. It's about five hundred bucks, and uh, you download the software called the Court, and uh, it, it's it's available off the MIT website and a lot of other places. So you have to have and that five hundred dollar computer to participate in Bitcoin. No, 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 no. What what what? Oh, you Bitcoin out of thin air. Right, you're talking about, what you're talking about is mining. That's oh, the creation I see. Okay. Of new bitcoins, right? No, no. Okay. The, 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 the creation. How, you know, you know what it costs us to get involved with Bitcoin? Nothing. You can download a wallet. You can create your private and public key. You can say I want to be paid in Bitcoin as opposed to dollars. Somebody, you, they, somebody takes your your public key, sends the the, the Bitcoin to your public key, and voila, you have money. The only thing, the only, the only thing that you have to worry about, maybe, is that you got a handheld uh, cell phone which can which can process the the Bitcoin, or a, a laptop computer, or somebody else's laptop computer, whatever you want to do. Um, that's the extent of it. I mean, there's no equipment required. I mean, it's, it's all electronic. But you know, you, you could use your cell phone. I mean, you can download a, a Bitcoin wallet that works on your cell phone. If you have a smartphone. 
or you can if you if one's for SMS messaging, if you don't want to you know have a, one of the more uh, newer cell phones to do it, you can do it on that. Um, it's basically it's anything that's a, that's, a, that's a computer, your smartphone, your your, your not so smartphone, your your laptop computer. You can do all your banking that way. How many can you make a day? Uh, I can tell you that every ten minutes, every ten minutes, a new Bitcoin is produced, um, and that's in the system. So do the math, but they're worth about two hundred fifty to two hundred sixty dollars, um, are right now. You can also handle, um, and that's what you get. A, your reward would be for each one that you produce. Um, there's a group in China, believe it or not, who do making about a million dollars a month doing it. They've got about 200, 200 uh, uh, mainframe, not, not not mainframe, but uh, uh, desktop computers running. Their their uh, electric bills about eighty thousand dollars a month, and they're grossing a million after everything. So they're doing pretty well. How many can I make a day? Probably one or two, you know, if I have the right kind of equipment. Um, if, if I'm or I can be part of a group, you know. Um, it's it's not. I frankly think that the mining part of it is not a living. I think that the use of the bitcoins for transactions is how you do where you make your money. Um, you know, so I mean, you can certainly do mining. Check it out. Just Google mining, and you can get an ASIC machine. Uh, just be aware, your electricity bill is going to be pretty extraordinary. But the um, the software itself um, is pretty much self-propagating. Uh, it works by all by itself. It's on your machine. And you got the machine running 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So if you were to if you were to make you know, um, you know, I'd say you know one or two bitcoins a day if you were able to do that, um, make a one bitcoin a day, seven days a week. Um, depending upon the value of bitcoin, let's make it let's make it three hundred dollars. Make two thousand one hundred dollars for that week. You probably spent with the computer and the electricity probably ten to twenty dollars for that week. And the rest of the, the currency would be yours. You must remember, if you look at the, how it works, the number of bitcoins themselves are having the number of bitcoins that can be produced every four years. So we're right now um, about halfway through this, the process. Where the money will be is actually processing transactions. So, for example, I send you, um, you know, say uh, $100, and uh, the processing fee on that of say ten cents, but you're doing ten thousand of those kinds of transactions a day. Um, well, I'd rather do. The, I'd rather be processing transactions than mining bitcoins. Although that you can do, you can mine the bitcoins as I suggest. Um, you know, look it up, see what you can do for mining, mining machines, etc. And you can do both the the mining and the processing of transactions. I think the process of transactions. You know, if you could do, I don't know. A thousand a day, you know, say, and 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 all you were putting into it was, you know, a penny and earning a dime. Um, you know, that's what's that, a hundred bucks a day. Um, but if you were to have two machines, you could earn two hundred, three machines, three hundred machines, five hundred. You know, um, the number of transactions is going up. Yeah, the transactions are going up exponentially right now. Um, a few years ago, you had about you know ten thousand per day. Right now, it's one hundred and thirty thousand per day, and increasing at about a thousand per day every single day. So by this time next year, 
it'll be something in the vicinity of 400,000 or more transactions per you know per day um, going on. That doesn't even come close to what you know dollars in terms of uh, transactions are, are concerned. But this is sort of like what what happens to things like I hate to use the word Facebook, but uh, you know Facebook had had no adoption whatsoever and then went right through the roof. And now there's what a billion people are on Facebook or something like that. You know, um, those that are, that are doing this kind of processing, they'll be able to make some decent decent money. I think you know, if I, if, if I were to measure it in dollars, I'd be making you know a thousand dollars a day, you know two thousand dollars a day, um, doing the processing of the transactions worldwide. And by the way, you wouldn't be just doing domestic transactions; you'd be doing transactions wherever they came from, all over the world. And there's no there's no restriction on doing that. It's the way the software is, is created. Um, and uh, you know, as the computer as the computers become more and more powerful, uh, as they are right now, you probably can do even better at less cost. Um, there's been several generations of, of Bitcoin you know processing, um, and um, it's been through four microprocessors. But the latest one is an ASIC, which is specifically designed to uh, just process Bitcoin transactions. Um, so that you know, you probably want some of those. And of course, in the in the beginnings of anything, uh, there are companies that have gone out of business that that are in the Bitcoin space because they overinvested. They put too much money in too soon. You probably buy one of their computers for for a hundred bucks if you wanted to. Um, and it might be an ASIC. You just have to do a little bit of research into what the best ASIC central processing unit is right now. And and the the, the software is free. It's the le- learning how to use it is free. Okay, and and so once you got that up and running, you 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 don't have to do anything. It just not runs much. Itself. No, no, you don't have to do anything really. It runs all by itself. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, um, that's how everybody gets involved. What, what, you know, they, what exactly is happening with the mining? Well, I mean, what process is going on? Basically, 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 it's like what you're doing right now when you when you buy something. You have an electronic record that you have either received or spent so many Bitcoin, which is an electronic, it's a digital digital signature, okay? Just like okay. your current dollars are, except for when you get paper, okay? So when when you are processing, in a, so for example, I send you 100, 100 Bitcoin as an example, all right? There's an, there's an automatic process which creates a mathematical formula it's a, it's a, it's an actual computational uh uh problem that um when the the computers around the world you know uh, confirm that that transaction actually occurred that, that you, you actually solve that mathematical uh test okay that itself say okay this is a real transaction you get one confirmation another computer says the same thing you get second confirmation so on and so forth. That's what's happening with the actual uh, Bitcoin. And actually, the thing that's actually happening is that the electronic system is going nowhere. It's just it's just confirming that an actual transaction has happened. So if I say to you, you know, Mr. Jones, I want to send you 100 Bitcoin, okay? I write up a statement, you know, it's very easy to do. The software already exists, Okay. I make the statement, attach my private key, it automatically encrypts it, okay, grabs your public key, okay, which is, if I had, if you know, if I, if I want to give a 
tutorial. I can do it you know, anytime um, for you guys. And it grabs the public key and pays you, your public key, the 100 Bitcoin that I'm sending to you. And you'll automatically see it in your account. And then can, can, it be, can that be relied upon? Well, all the computers out there that have this mathematical test as to whether or not that transaction is real, as more and more of those, those computers solve the problem, mathematical problem, it confirms with greater reliability the transaction is real. Okay? Now, how do you know what you have? Okay? How do you know what you're spending? Well, if I, if I have you know, um, six public keys uh, and I have different amounts coming to them, Let's assume I have 50, 50 Bitcoin in one and 10 in another, et cetera, et cetera. I will sign those transactions, okay, in order to pay you, and the system automatically finds that I have enough Bitcoins to pay you, okay, from those various uh, public keys, and then uh, makes the payment. And then what happens then is if you, for you to get change in the, in the, in the actual mathematics, in the, in the actual transaction, it automatically will send uh, back your change. Let's assume for a moment I was buying a, 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 a $99 worth of whatever it is in Bitcoin, okay? I'm paying in Bitcoin, and um, that's all it's going to cost. But I send you a, 100 Bitcoin because that's what is required. The $1.98 would come back uh, to my account automatically. It's just the way the system works. So in essence, it's just like what you're doing with your with your bank account right now. When you go to use your ATM, oh, so et cetera. It sounds like you're saying the mining and the processing are just different ways of saying the same thing. Exactly. Was, oh, okay, okay. I, I thought you were talking about two different processes. No, that's okay. essentially, yeah, so essentially it's yeah. Like, it's kind of like you're, and you're plugging into a network somewhere that is directing your machine, your particular uh, what do you call the ASCII or not ASCII, but ASC or something like that? Yeah, the the the, the ASIC processor is, is working with that particular code. That, that okay, and it's, run, it's running the algorithms. Yes, it is. It's running the algorithms. Exactly what it's doing. Okay. What so, it's doing. so essentially, you're plugging in, becoming part of, like, say, the web of all the machines doing this wherever. Right. And, and so you're kind of like selling your your time on your your part of the processor to earn some uh, Bitcoins. Yeah, Bitcoins or fees or processing fees, depending upon what yeah, you want right. to focus on. Yeah, right. it's basically it. And, you know, um, uh, not everybody's working at the same time on the same, on the same problem, okay? And if you oh. come up with it first, well, you win. Simple as that. You know, you're going to win either part or all the fee, okay? Um, and and it's the same thing. The same thing is true with 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 you know generating new bitcoins. You know uh, you you solve the problem first. You get the bitcoin. Period. Or unless you're part of a group that wants to work as a group, you can do that as well. You can join a you know a vir a virtual bitcoin processing organization in the cloud, and you and you get part of it of the rewards because they may have you know a hundred thousand computers running at any one time, and they're gathering you know they're gathering a He's like th that number is exaggerated, by the way. The biggest cluster I've seen is 200 computers. Um, in any event, um, uh, they they have no greater chance, any one machine, of collecting reward than you do. 
so they had so many different machines, some of these guys, um, that uh, you might you might get win one in, in 20 while they win, you know, uh, seven in 20 or eight in 20. So, you know, you're not going to get the reward every single time you're out there probably, but you will catch enough of them to support your activity. And I can send you all a model as to how it all works. I know I'm being a little bit obtuse, but it's, it's hard to describe unless you actually – I'm a very visual person. Um, and so what you'd be able to see is exactly how um, your, your, your computer is, is uh, what the chances are of winning any one transaction um, or in winning any one Bitcoin. But you Would could, that certainly depends somewhat the speed of your particular processor? No, the ASIC uh, processors are pretty much the same. It all depends okay. upon where you come when you when you when you come in. You might have to do some manipulation of, you know, uh, uh, the uh, the actual algorithm in terms of something called a nonce, which is a, which is the zeros before the a series of digits, and you might say, well, gee, I want to try seven zeros as part of the overall transaction, okay, and uh, maybe that's the correct one. That, you know, for that day. And um, uh, if it is, you're going to start collecting fees because your machine is processing the, the actual transactions. If it's not the, the right number, you know, oh, gee, I'm not winning as many as I should be, and uh, you might adjust it. There, there are adjustments that you can make, you know, at your level on the, on the computer, but you're not getting involved in, in programming the computer, monitoring on a regular basis. You're just simply letting your machine run based upon you know, what uh, uh, you want to do that day. Um, you may say, oh, gee, I only, want to, I only want to earn fees from transactions that only earn a nickel per transaction or, or two cents, et cetera. Most people say, gee, why would I bother with that? But if you, if you, if you won 10,000 of them a day, you might say, you know what, I think I'll do that. You know, uh, I'm not making a fortune, but I'm certainly making enough money to cover my costs and put some, put some money in my pocket, you know. Um, so, I mean, this is not one of those, you know, get-rich-quick schemes or anything like that. This is, you know, you put, it, you put in the machinery in place to actually process the transactions, and you earn your Bitcoin. I think, I think that, I mean, I, I, I can send a lot, of, a lot of materials, you know, to the, the website, and all, et cetera, about, you know, what it takes to do mining, what it takes to do, you know, uh, processing transactions, what you should be looking for in terms of equipment, where you can expect the rewards are. They're not going to be astronomical, okay? They're going to be they're going to be decent, but they're not going to be make you rich. Um, or you know, it'll, you know, if you earn a thousand or two thousand dollars a week, you know, doing this after all expenses, well, heck, I mean, it's better than a sharp stick in the eye. Um, yeah. You know, although it's not going to make you rich, um, but at the same at the same at the same time, um, fees are going to become more and more. Um, the 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 uh, the whole the whole idea uh, of Bitcoin because by the year 2040 there'll be no more new Bitcoins man built okay unless it's some different consensus there'll be no more new Bitcoins uh, uh, generated the 21 million Bitcoins are going to be generated for all times however you say, well gee that's not enough Bitcoins to satisfy anybody they are they're divisible by at the moment by 100 million so 21 million divisible by 100 million is the number of bitcoins that are available, bitcoin pieces that are available right now, okay, as we speak. So you know, a piece of bitcoin may be worth ten dollars. You know, who knows? I mean, right now, we don't we don't know, really know, uh, but we do know that they're divisible to that point. 
So if we go from having a, an ecosystem that's only worth four to five billion dollars worldwide right now in Bitcoin to an ecosystem that's worth four or five trillion dollars, you know, then we're really talking. Uh, and remember this, that Bitcoin in 1999, its value was zero. Uh, today, today, per Bitcoin is 250, 260 dollars. Per Bitcoin, it has been as high as 1,100. That was an aberration, in my personal opinion. Um, and it's still part of the adoption process. Right now, right now, I would say to you that you know it's it's the very beginning of the adoption process and the capabilities of Bitcoin. I mean, I've, I've, I've basically for the little time that I've known about Bitcoin and and the blockchain, I've really immersed myself in it. Um, and and it was strictly from an intellectual point of view. It wasn't from the point of view of making money per se. But of course, I see the, the, the relevance of making money working on, working with it. Um, I just found it intriguing that it, it challenged the current banking system worldwide, so that you have control of your money. You know, that was. Uh, the, well, that. one question I was having. Uh, I didn't get in on the whole discussion, your whole presentation, but sure. Uh, um, I got in a little late, but um, uh, is there any? Interest inherent in the system, like a debt-based system? What kind of system? Is there any interest or usury involved in the system itself? You mean in the software development? Uh, well, or in the operation of the whole system. I mean, not, well, the, not the, you know, like... Uh, yeah, I, I think I understand your question. There, There is... There is no one uh, uh, gatekeeper. It's a consensus system, okay? Um, it's, it's all open source, so anybody can contribute to the system per se. Um, it's decentralized all over the world, so there isn't any one, any one person or group that controls how the, the policy is, is made. Um, can you get paid doing policy for the, for the group? Um, the, the truth is, I don't know. I know that at this point it's been open source. Um, I, I know that there are people that are making a fortune, uh, making improvements to uh, the system. You can build you know, contracts on top of, of Bitcoin. You can do smart contracts. You can do uh, all kinds of, of uh, fancy kinds of record keeping, et cetera. But I don't know how you actually get paid um, for developing software per se. I've not, I've not explored that at all. I wish I could give you a better answer. But certainly, you could ask that question um, in any number of the forums, okay? Um, and this, I mean, I'll, put, I'll, I'll send a list of those forums also to the website uh, that, you, that we have, and you can see what resources you can get into. Um, I mean, there's so much material on the web about Bitcoin now it's almost daunting because there's so much material to cover. But just ask the question. Do a Google question and see what you kind know, of answers Al, you get. Yeah. When, when he was asking you, I heard him use the word usury. Now, uh, that you're, this is Steve from West Virginia, right, that asked the question? Yes, right. Oh, okay. Um, did you mean, does anybody have control of it at all, of, of no. the value of it? I, is I, that I what know. you meant? That's what I mean. And, and no. I guess because uh, if it's not borrowed into existence, uh, there would not be any usually because it's not from one source. Uh, 
Bitcoin, Bitcoin, is, Bitcoin's a debt-free currency. That's that's Period. what I'm looking at. Yeah, debt-free yeah. currency. It's completely yeah, debt-free. Any any debt-based currency is is bound to fail. I mean, it, it's of course day one, it's going to fail. Right. This this is a debt-free, debtless. It's a debt-free, trust-free. You don't have to trust any anyone to get paid. Okay. It just pays automatically. System. Um, no one, no one gatekeeper that doesn't exist. Period. Um, there's no one controlling Bitcoin. There's no Bitcoin Incorporated. There's no Bitcoin Association that controls anything in Bitcoin. It is all consensus based. There's no debt whatsoever. Zero. Doesn't exist. And, and so how how do, how is the value of it actually? In other words, like you said, like when it started, it had a value of zero essentially, and it's not there now. Okay, how, okay let, me tell, let me tell you how. Let me tell you how that is. It's by the marketplace says tells you what the, it's called price discovery, okay, and 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 the usability. It's it's almost like magic with our current money. What is the value of a dollar? Well, we don't know how much you can buy, okay, but Bitcoin is Bitcoin is basically. How useful is this in daily commerce? And that's establishing the value of it. No one sets the price. The market sets the price. Okay? It's a truly market-driven currency. Um, there's, no way, there's, no, there's no way to manipulate it. There's no way to set a price. There's no interest rate. There's nothing. Uh, it's, just, it, it, it's what the dollar was intended to be uh, before they started getting involved with usury. Okay? Um, it doesn't have that component to it at all. But to, 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 sat, to satisfy yourself, that's um, going to be a very simplistic uh, answer. I can't believe it myself. Just simply um, type into Google, what is Bitcoin? And you will get a thousand answers. But they all should end up being the same thing. It's a new electronic currency that's debt-free. It created, it created electronically okay, through software uh, by, by, by Satoshi. And, and basically, that's it. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous how simple it is, but there isn't anybody out there to control it. Could, because the value of, of Bitcoin would be lost was controlled by any one individual. It's controlled by everybody who uses it. It's as simple as that. You know, 10 million people use it, great. 2 million people use it, great. They're, they all control, you know, what the value of Bitcoin is. But no bank, no government. No central authority, you know. Um, period. I know it sounds it sounds a little bit crazy, but that's the way it is. Um, the general ledger where you keep your keep your records of your of your currency transactions, it too is controlled by no one. Period. It it's not controlled anywhere. It uh, it's decentralized, and you find it on computers all over the world. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of computers. That particular transaction. So if if you're if, you're, if you do a transaction today in West Virginia, so that's where you are, West Virginia? Yeah. Um, the, your, the records of your transaction are all over the world on, on hundreds of thousands of computers right now if you were to do a transaction anytime. And can anybody, does anybody know who, whose transaction it is? No. They don't know who, whose it is. Can you, can you uh, make it no, uh, non-anonymous? You can. But no one on the outs, no one in, in anywhere, anywhere in the world that has records of it would ever be able to find it because you'd have the record of the transaction. They wouldn't know 
from Adam, and they, they'd have to somehow deconvolve your transaction, you know, with the NSA-style computers to find out what the actual transaction itself was. They would, still wouldn't be able to find who did the transaction. So that's how that all works. <laughs> it's a centralized system. And so, you know, if, if somebody were to seize all the computers in the United States because you did a transaction, that doesn't, doesn't help because that transaction could be in Mongolia, the co- you know, a copy of that ledger, or could be any place in the world, so it can't be lost. Does that make sense? Yeah. Decentralized. Yeah, it's decentralized. <laughs> so there isn't any usury. There isn't any central control. Um, there isn't any, any Bitcoin, you know, incorporated any place. It's an open source consensus-driven system. If you, if you feel like you have the time, uh, I can send more information about you can take a, you can take any number of courses. They're free. Um, one is at the University of Nicosia. Uh, it's online. It's, it's 12 weeks long. It's, it's done by people who are ex, have major expertise in, in Bitcoin and other digital currencies. And it's free. Khan Academy on YouTube. You can learn about it there. And there are all kinds of resources. Learn about what Bitcoin and, and, and the uh, uh, blockchain are all about. And every single one of them is free. You have, if you have access to, to YouTube. Um, yeah, uh, type YouTube is a medium I particularly like because I, uh, I talk about vision problems, so I don't read a lot. But, I uh, see. Okay. Well, you can also go back and listen to the archive you missed tonight, Steve. Yeah, yeah. It's really That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, we got to yeah. cut the uh, talk to you loose because uh, it's been two hours, so we're going to uh, okay. cut the talk to you loose. I'm sorry. I will... Uh, I'll say good night. Thanks very much, guys, for listening to me uh, today. Yeah, thanks, Al. I, I learned so, so much more than I knew before. In American Underground Bye. Network. Good night. <laughs>